Broadcasting from atop the Hensler Financial Building in the heart of Georgia's financial district, Kennesaw, Georgia, this is Money Talks. We're back. Money Talks. I'm Troy Harmon with Nick Antonucci and Casey Smith. And guys, uh, um, let's um, take on a few of our listener questions that we have this week. Uh, uh, we've got Bob from Kennesaw who wrote, uh, I've always steered away from automotive stocks, but recently Thor Industries and Oshkosh Corporation came across my screener as buys. Uh, do you like either of these? Uh, Nick. We've got uh, Thor, who makes really more recreational vehicles. Right. Uh, and we've got Oshkosh that manufactures what they've, they offer to the market is, is uh, more of a truly industrial uh, vehicle. They've got um, uh, access equipment, so they're going to have... Uh, they, sell, uh, they sell a good bit to the government. Fire and emergency, yeah, they do uh, quite a bit. So basically I why... Oshkosh these, sold overalls. Yeah. Oshkosh bagosh. Yeah. That's, that's a different. A little option. different. <laughs> yeah. what, what, what I do think is interesting here is is you're looking at a consumer discretionary a consumer discretionary stock and an industrial, right? That's Both true. are very cyclical. Yeah. But even within with Thor being a consumer discretionary, I almost blurred on the lines of being an industrial. It is about as cyclical, I think, as you'll get oh, absolutely. for a consumer discretionary well, stock. Well, discretionary so, stocks tend to be cyclical They, they as do, well. but more so when you're talking about the, the, the four-wheelers and, and, and RVs or yeah, things uh, like that. It really sounds like, and I know, Casey, you've asked this a couple of times during this particular show, you know, where are we in the business cycle, more yeah. or less. Uh, I think when you look at what has happened to the price of both of these companies, the reason that they look attractive at the moment is because they have sold off a bit. If you look back to uh, the recession of 2009, Thor uh, revenues fell 42%. Oshkosh revenues fell 24%. Uh, and then 22% again in 2011. A lot of the government uh, entities didn't hurt as bad in '09 as they did in '11. Uh, a lot of that work was contractual, so um, you know they had things in place that didn't let them get beaten up so bad. But uh, to to your point, Nick, they are very cyclical businesses. And to be honest with you, I'm not so sure that it's the right time to buy either one of these. I would agree that agree with that. And and as you said, valuation does look pretty attractive. But keep in mind that you know bank. Thankfully, you don't own either of these or haven't owned them for the last year because Thor is down um, 37% year-to-date. You've got Oshkosh down 25%. So, yeah. um, uh, we, seems, we I mean, wouldn't Oshkosh be pretty pretty stable given that their a lot of their revenues come from defense contractual, I mean, relative to Thor? Well, 22%, Thor. but... Well, yeah, I mean, just the numbers from the recession, down 42% on Thor, which is really more of a retail kind of right. uh, business, and then 24% from Oshkosh. Yes, absolutely. I mean, the market was down uh, in in uh, 2009 about 37%. From the yeah. very top of the market to the bottom of the market in 2009, uh, was down 52%. So right. uh, you can see that neither one of them got beaten up like that, but, uh, you know, it's it's still... Probably not the best place to park money if you think that we're even remotely close to the top of the market now. I will say that we have uh, recommended Thor uh, in our portfolios in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's something that I personally have actually owned, and uh, it, it's a, a great business. I mean, they, they if you like four-wheelers and outdoor stuff, that's that's who provides a lot of that to the market as well as, uh, you know, um, uh, 
recreational vehicles, meaning that uh, campers and uh, camping trailers and, and uh, uh, what are some yeah, So they own Airstream. They do. Yeah. Yeah, yeah they do. So, uh, you know. There's, a, t- there's a, a time and a place to own it. Maybe maybe not right now. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, like I say, pretty well-run business, but uh, it, it's already been kicked around. It's probably why it's showing up in your screen. Uh, when we last spoke, we were answering financial questions. If uh, folks have questions they would like us to answer on the air, you can call our question hotline, one 429 9166 uh, where you'll leave a message, we'll play it, uh, play your recording back on the air and answer the question behind it. Uh, or you can call us, 770-429-9166, talk to a human being, or email a question, which is probably the most common way that we get questions. D-R-G-E-N-E at Hensler.com, H-E-N-S-S-L-E-R.com. Boy, I messed that up. It's Dr. Gene at Hensler.com. You guys just going to sit and let me do that? I, I was trying to understand what you just said. I didn't even catch it. I, I did. Well, was so was different. I. I was trying to understand what I was saying, too. You ever been in that spot? And, Often. <laughs> yeah, a little, a little confusing. All right, guys, uh, we got another question here from Don from Druid Hills. He says, I'm likely selling my company to an employee and her family members when I retire. We've been talking about this for years, but it's getting time to start putting some numbers in place. Where do we start? Well, let me let me kick this one to you guys because you guys are both CVAs. Yeah, the old certified, certified valuation, valuation analyst. analyst. Yeah. yeah. Uh, definitely yeah. start with getting a business valuation. You can have an idea in your mind of what you think that business is worth. The thing you run into oftentimes is, you know, you've put all this time and energy into building this business. You probably think it's worth more yeah. than emotion, it actually is. Emotion gets involved. And uh, what you really want to have is a defensible position before you sell uh, or transfer it, however you might do. Uh, quite often, uh, you know, folks transfer it in an estate um, and you definitely, if you're going to invite the, t- the uh, tax man into your party, you're going you're gonna to want to make sure that the valuation definitely makes sense. You can't just give it away for a buck if, in fact, you've got uh, $10 million worth of revenue. So um, how does the process work, Nick? Yeah, so the approach that we take, and a lot of times individuals come to us and be like, oh, you know, I, I, I did a multiple method, and, you know, this should trade at seven times, uh, you know, EBITDA or sales or something like that. Yeah. And that's not necessarily the approach you, you should take. So the process we go through, we, we take three approaches. That's one of them. We do a market approach where we look through a database of um, transactions over the past, let's say, 10 plus years in a, in a similar industry of a similar size, same geographic area. And we'll apply a multiple to your revenue or EBITDA, whatever it may be, and give you a value based on that. So why do we not just use that? It's very difficult to find it a business a, that totally matches everything about. Yeah, absolutely. What are the odds that there's a, a very similar business out there, same you know geographic area? Um, and even the, if the, it the, is the, the structure of the business in terms of equity and debt, even you know sure. can come into play. Well, and the other thing that's always a wild card is how fast has your business been growing? Sure. And um, when you have those issues, then we have a couple of other methods that we use. Yeah. So. The least common that we use, assuming the business is a going concern, is the asset-based method. Basically, what that does, that takes your balance sheet, it looks at your assets, that's at your liabilities, and you end at a value of 
Yeah, whatever. Almost like a liquidation value. If the, if if the business were to no longer exist, what could you get for the business? Yeah. Before we so just that go discount, through those, yeah. Before we go through those details, though, we do bring those assets instead of just using the cost. We yeah. do bring them up to a market, market value. value Absolutely, right? so and market inevitably value. there's adjustments that need to be and made. And the debt brought to market value as well. So what would the true payoff be? Uh, so as you were saying, Nick, it really doesn't usually. Uh, turn out to be the best way to value a business? Right. As you mentioned before, it it, dis, it it ignores the fact that your company may be growing. Yeah. Or, I mean, in that case, is still a viable operating business. Yeah, Absolutely. You're just selling it for the value of the assets yeah, at that point. It's right. whatever, value, like whatever yeah. you yeah. get. It's and that's like the, fire sale. Yeah. That's the least common method with the, that we use. Finally, the third method we go through and is the most common way that we come to our conclusion of value is the income approach. Right. And you can do it various ways. If the business is growing significantly, what we do is we take uh, historic returns. So we'll get your financial statements, your income sheet, your income statement, and your balance sheet. Um, and we look at what you've got. We make uh, so a, a few assumptions about what uh, does seem reasonable. And then we project those in a pro forma uh, financial statement, both income statement and your balance sheet mm -hmm. uh, to uh, 10 years, uh, basically taking growth from where it is today, assuming that it might be at 15%, and we gradually taper that growth off in revenues down to a point where it uh, matches what we would expect long-term uh, inflation. inflation or growth, uh, growth in the gross domestic product uh, of the country. Uh, we discount those cash flows. Yeah, we run the financial statements. We uh, we calculate the the cash flow, the free cash flow to equity or free cash flow to the firm, uh, which are the true cash flows of an, an investor would achieve, uh, and then discount those cash flows. And what do we use to discount them? Weighted average cost of capital. So that's going to be dependent on your business, a number of different factors, the size of your business, uh, the financial condition of your business, the industry that you're in. Um, Really, if, what are rates at? Well, yeah, you know, on, on the broader it's market. It's simple on the debt side. You know, it's what have you what, been able to borrow? Right. What's your borrowing rate? And the the equity side is a lot more difficult trying to figure out exactly what it should be. Quite often, size, uh, very small companies when they're closely held businesses usually, uh, and and the smaller a business gets, the the higher its cost of equity capital. Sure, and and kind of two things to keep in mind is a lot of people maybe you come to a, to, to a number based on those valuations or those three methods, but you have to consider discounts. Yes, absolutely. You know, if, if a couple if, of major ones. That, yeah, that the discount for lack run. of marketability yeah. and discount for lack of control in a business. Yeah. So if you're just selling a small portion that doesn't uh, allow you to control the decisions, uh, operational decisions of the business, think of it like, uh, you know, if I wanted to go out and branch out into a new line of business, if I had to get approval from someone else, I don't have control of the business. Uh, if I wanted to pay a dividend, am, am I? do I have free reign to do right. that? Uh, if your answer is no, you probably don't have control. Uh, quite often, it's just a percentage of the business being purchased that will indicate whether or not uh, you have control. Marketability, how do we determine that one? How do we determine the discount of lack of marketability? Really, our, our go-to method is something called Pluris Studies a lot of times, which is basically looks at restricted stock studies. Um, Before they were IPO'd? Correct. After they were IPO'd. Correct. And there's often a, a difference in price, basically liquidity that uh, how quickly uh, an investor can sell its ownership in the business to someone else. So if you've got a stock that's listed on a 
on a financial exchange that trades actively every day. It's very liquid. If not, then it's going to cost you a little bit. You're going to have to discount the price to get that price to move quickly. And this, these can be substantial discounts. They can, yeah. Um, on the side of control, uh, we've seen them as much as 50%. Mm-hmm. Um, on the side of marketability, 25 25%, 30%. Yeah, yeah. not uncommon. I'd say average about 25%. Yeah, so it's more than just a big equation. And, uh, Don, if you're if you're really looking, uh, you know, you're interested in having us take a look at some of those things, first of all, you got to make sure your financial statements are available uh, go out and talk to a valuation analyst. Um, you know, sometimes your accountant might be able to direct you to somebody. But uh, if you wanted us to look at it, it's 770-429-9166. You can call, ask for Nick Antonucci, and uh, he will be able to help you with something like that. Yeah, that's sure definitely will. the first place to start. Get the get the valuation done. That'll give you an idea of, of, you know, what you're looking at in terms of what you might be able to get for the company. And then from there, I mean, there's some other considerations selling it to an employee versus somebody that's in your family, uh, you know. So a lot of those things you gotta you gotta take into consideration. The hardest part is gonna be taking the emotion out of it yeah. <laughs> and trying to figure out what it's really worth. Um, yeah. So the valuation is is by far the the first step. Might be a good idea to talk to an attorney too because you're gonna want to make sure that you've got non disclosures in place. If you're handing your financial statements to anybody, especially an employee, you're yep. probably gonna want to deal with that. All right guys, market up or down this week? Up. KC. I'm gonna say down this week. Wow, down. Uh, you know me, I'm a broken record. Market's always up in my world. You've been listening to Money Talks. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next week. All material presented is compiled from sources believed to be reliable and current, but accuracy cannot be guaranteed. The contents are intended for general information purposes only. Information provided should not be the sole basis in making any decisions and is not intended to replace the advice of a qualified professional, such as a tax consultant, insurance advisor, or attorney. Although this material is designed to provide accurate and authoritative information with respect to the subject matter, it may not apply in all situations. This is not to be construed as an offer to buy or sell any financial instruments. It is not our intention to state, indicate, or imply in any manner that current or past results are indicative of future profitability or expectations. Portfolio holdings discussed are subject to change. There is no guarantee that in the future these securities will be held in Hensler accounts. As with all investments, there are associated inherent risks. Please obtain and review all financial material carefully before investing. Hensler is not licensed to offer or sell insurance products. This overview is not to be construed as an offer to purchase any insurance products.